If you own a business, you know how difficult it can be to get new clients. But what if you had your own sales team? BNI Somerset invites you to join us on Thursday, September 23rd to learn about how BNI Somerset provides a positive, supportive, and structured environment for the development and exchange of quality business referrals. Struggling to find more paying clients or want to take your business to the next level? Our group of business owners have passed hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of business to one another. Want to know how we did it? On Thursday, September 23rd at 8 a.m., we're hosting an event on Zoom where we show you exactly how BNI Somerset generated client after client for one another and how you could begin to apply the same simple steps to your business too. The reality is, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. BNI Somerset is incredible for building your personal brand and ensuring you are known. Join Somerset BNI's Visitor Day on Thursday, September 23rd at 8 a.m. via Zoom. All are welcome. For more info, visit BNIWNE.com backslash CT dash Northern dash Somerset dash BNI. Businesses thrive by changing when the world changes and the world is changing. BNI Somerset can make sure you don't get left behind. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. Hey, and ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Clear crack. Keys to the city. We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, or share. You can follow me, Joe Aguirre, at Podcaster Doe on Twitter or Clovercrest Media. Or you can check out our page, YouTube, at Clovercrest Media. What a week it was, a week one. Let's talk about how it started and finished, but also the two classics. Joe, I'm sorry about your um, unfortunate fantasy loss. Don't worry. It was a terrible football weekend for me as well. Lost in college. My Buckeyes go down in the shoe against the Oregon Ducks. Very impressive win by the Oregon Ducks. And then the New York Giants, well, start off once again for the 10th time in the last 11 seasons, 0-1. So we are used to that, I guess we should say. But in between those, the opener and the Monday night classic, there was a lot to talk about. A lot of eye-popping performances, a lot of head-scratching performances. There was just, it's just great to see in general, first off, that we have NFL fans back. It just makes a huge difference. And it was an incredible weekend of NFL and even college football. To see everybody back, there were some injuries, unfortunate to see, but that always happens in a game of football. But like I want to talk about, we're going to talk about the terrific play of some surprising performances. We're going to talk about the head-scratching performances. And then we're going to talk about the continuation of the abomination, and that is called the New York Football Giants. But let's start off with the terrific performances. And there were some great, great performances by three teams specifically. And you could almost say that they were probably the most surprising performances and shocking performances of the week one NFL season and that's how we're going to start off we'll get into two teams that I think all four of us let me go look at the schedule how we had it I think our final four yes a couple of us had 
two teams that looked very, very concerning going into this season, or high expectations, I should say, but really performed at a concerning level. How's the Buffalo Bills and the Green Bay Packers? We'll talk about that. But let's start off with the terrific play of the three teams that had the most impressive victories this weekend. All tough, tough battles. Let's think about this. These three teams went against three teams that we all considered that were going to the playoffs. And all of us had the Titans, the Packers, and the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs this season. Well, we'll talk about two of those teams in a couple of minutes. But the Arizona Cardinals, boy, oh boy, that offense led by Kyler Murray. Woo! Boy, is that a flashy, flashy player not named Lamar Jackson. Maybe the most flashiest player in all of the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers offense looks struggling at times, but they managed to find a way due to that great defense. Hey, Pittsburgh, by the way, great job of signing T.J. Watt. That's what he can do. He's a game changer. And the New Orleans Saints led by famous Jameis Lasik Winston. Amazing performance for a guy that threw for five touchdowns against the Green Bay Packers. We were expecting maybe that would be Aaron Rodgers, but no. I'm going to start off with Ted. Ted, after these three performances, the way that these three teams, we got to think about it. Arizona, tough division. Pittsburgh, tough division. New Orleans, another tough division. But who was, to you, the most impressive victory in week one? So, you know, I, I can't answer the question right off the bat. I got to have a little fun with you. So, first, Joe, you see my boy Matthew Stafford? <laughs> He's all right. Down. He's all right. Listen, Joe had him in fantasy, so it's okay. It's partial. Yeah, he was loving it. Yeah. It's impressive. He looked really good. He looked really good for the first game, but it was the Bears, so we won't get too excited about it. Um, other than other congratulations, both the AFC West and the NFC West both went undefeated this weekend. Both divisions were 4-0, which – you know, you look at the NFC West, you knew they were going to be great. You, I mean, we, we all have them, like, above 500, and I think all of us had them have an opportunity to make the playoffs. And we had three of them. I think all of us had at least three of those teams in the NFC West making the playoffs. So, you know, Arizona looked great. Got to give it to them. But my most impressive victory has got to be the New Orleans Saints. I mean, total domination. What, 38-3? to three? Mm -hmm. James Winston, five touchdowns. Rodgers doesn't even really play in the fourth quarter. I just want to make sure I'm correct on this. James Winston played with poise, accuracy, and outstanding eye level. And he had a 92.5 quarterback ranking, which ranked him second this week in the NFL. And that's all you can ask for the Saints and James Winston. He looked good. He looked smooth. He looked comfortable. The offense did what it needed to do, considering Michael Thomas is not there. you know. But And they lost Emmanuel Sanders, too. But the defense, the shutdown Green Bay to make Aaron Rodgers look human, for me personally, that was the most impressive. Here's the other thing I take away from that, which it's outside the football factors. Because that game wasn't played in New Orleans, you know, it's not like the Saints had that home field advantage. It was played in Jacksonville, considering everything they had to deal with the last two weeks with the hurricane, you know, having to play practice in Dallas, then play the game in Jacksonville. So it really wasn't a home field advantage, you know, because you could have had anyone go into this game. I think speaks more volume to the New Orleans Saints. And here's the thing. 
you got to compete with the Tampa Bay Bucks, and you know, God forbid these at the end of the season, depending on where the standings fall, this could be a big game that we look back in week 16 or 17 and say, hey, that week one game. And we, I think there was a stat out that teams that go one and zero or eventually go two and zero make the playoffs 65 percent of the time. So, I like the New Orleans Saints in week one, especially to take care of the way they did it too, in total domination on all facets of the game. Joseph, what do you think? Well. Uh, Arizona was outstanding, and and Kyler Murray is my fantasy quarterback in one of the, like, nine leagues I'm in. He put up, like, 41 points. We had a lot of questions about how he was going to play, and Mm -hmm. uh, all the questions were answered there. Don't forget Chandler Jones, five sacks. Uh, That defense was insane. He had six uh, quarterback hits, a couple of fumbles caused. You, You couldn't ask for a better opening week if you're Arizona. Uh, Meanwhile, Buffalo takes the opening kickoff 75 yards and really for the rest of the game, nothing was right after that. Uh, Allen looked like absolute garbage, uh, had a big fumble in that game as well. Uh, If you look at Pittsburgh again, offense, defense, very happy with the performance. Roethlisberger at 188 yards passing. Najee Harris only at 45 yards rushing, but again, they just controlled the game. Uh, you know, came from behind to win this one, but really it, it seemed like the Bills just never got on track uh, offensively or defensively. Well, that's and, what we talked about last week, Joe, with them having no – they got to have a running game. Josh Allen yeah. kept their leading rusher. And, and then I told you, Trevor, when we were talking about the Titans, my only concern with the Titans was they have no defense. Or not in a, a – here's the thing. Well, you don't have to have a lead defense, but you have to have a defense in the top 15 to here's, be at least good enough to make the playoffs. Well, here's the thing. Arizona looked extremely impressive because they shut down that offense. That's We were all talking about, in general, all these teams, if you could just take from each game, they all had impressive victories. There's no which one that is more impressive. I know the question says more impressive, but you can literally put them down the middle and say all of them had equally ex- impressive performances in the sense of Arizona's defense, it wasn't the, it wasn't the offense – it was the defense because we all we talked about this offseason was the Tennessee Titans. Oh, the big three. A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. You know what Derrick Henry did that game? 58 yards rushing. They shut down the leading rusher in all of the NFL the past two seasons. Made Tan- Ryan Tannehill look like Ryan Tannehill from the Miami Dolphins. And they shut down Julio Jones. Julio Jones was nowhere to be found. The only reason we heard about Julio Jones this weekend is because of his head coach calling him out. So that was an impressive way in the sense of how their defense handled. And Chandler Jones, another uh, Arizona thing, learn from the Steelers. Pay the man. Just just pay for him, please. Because these guys are just disgusting. They're disgusting talents, and they're unbelievable. That's why they're top ten. I mean, Chandler Jones, man, he's one of the top three or four pass rushers in the league. Giants, maybe you should go do that too. Go, go trade. Hey, Trev. Yeah. Trev, you know what? Hold on. Hold on. The reason why I say Pittsburgh as well, too, it's because you were down ten nothing, and this is the and and I really thought they were going to go all full on passing mode like they did last year, and they had to still. I know that Najee didn't have the performance that we were expecting him to, but this is a good Buffalo defense. This will be is still one of their bread and butters of that team. 
But the way that Ben and that team came back, being down in hostile territory, 10 nothing, and to win, led by that defense, if they have that defense playing like they did last year and this year, Melvin Ingram, by the way, had a hell of a performance. That could be the signing, the most underrated signing of the entire free agency period. So to see that, they could stay in the games. They can Another battle. They could be in the playoffs because of that defense. And then the Another Saints – I mean, the Saints, to see what they did in general, picking the Packers apart defensively and offensively, you can't go wrong with this question. Each of these teams had impressive victories well, for different reasons. I didn't get a chance to weigh in on the New Orleans Green Bay game. So allow me to make just one quick observation. The difference between Pittsburgh's win over Buffalo and Arizona's win over Tennessee is New Orleans wasn't playing against a quarterback who seemed to care uh, at all. Yes. Dude, I mean, Aaron Rodgers looked like he would have rather been hosting Jeopardy on Sunday, quite frankly. That was uh, – I'm, I'm concerned. I, I, I'll i tell you what, Arizona's win, I think, offensive defense – I mean, I just – off the charts. That yes. was the best win to me. Pittsburgh's got to be proud of themselves, patting themselves in the back again. Like you said, balanced on offense, played good enough on defense – Came out with a win. That's what football is all about. Would have got him off to an 11-0 start last year. New Orleans, I mean, right? You could. Jameis Winston played great. Am I going to bank on Jameis Winston playing like that every week or 15 out of seven? Hey, He doesn't have to throw like he was in Tampa. Fair enough. Trev, 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 he was great. If he could play like that 13 times out of 17, Boy, what will they take that? I'm thinking like 11 times. You know, I don't expect that out of James Winston. But look, the more he can play like that, the better off that team's going to be. As far as as Green Bay, I'm 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 extremely concerned about that. I I don't know how you fix that, and I and I wonder what that locker room is going to be like over the next couple of days. Joe, you know how they fix it? They play the Detroit Lions on Monday night football. Let me finish this. The Saints. And Drew Brees even mentioned it. Maybe they were missing that the whole time with the long ball. Maybe that was the reason why the Saints could never get over the hump because they never had a quarterback that stretch the field. I'm not saying Jameis is going to be a Hall of Famer now, but we do know that he has a stronger arm than Drew Brees, and that can really open this playbook up for Sean Payton and his team. All three teams, you can't go wrong with either one. Had a hell of a performance for just the way that Arizona dominated from 60 minutes, the way Pittsburgh came back and dealt with adversity and the way New Orleans dominate for 60 minutes. All three of these teams are well-deserving against three very, very good teams that are going to be competing for division titles and maybe even Super Bowl titles. But you were just talking about concerning. Hold on. Jameis' ability to throw the football and stretch the field is somewhat negated by his inability to throw it to the correct player. Well, he well, did get of, listen, he did get LASIK eye surgery, so he knows what, who's on what team. And Trev, when I was trying to inter- <laughs> Trev, and when I was trying to interrupt you before, when you were talking about Chandler Jones and the Giants, is I was trying to tell you of when we played Madden together, when you used to live here, and we had the franchise, and we were the Cardinals. Remember, you traded Barkley for Chandler Jones, and what was the draft? I think we gave up a second round or first round draft pick. Something. Do you remember that? So because we wanted Saquon with Hopkins and Kyler Murray on Arizona for Chan- and we sent Chandler Jones to the Giants. Should have killed Chandler Jones. Anyways, I'm Joe. You glad? I'm glad you up, uh, yeah, right. I'm glad. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that trade right now. I'll definitely take that trade. I'm glad that you brought up the word concerning. And these were two teams I just brought up. Two of these teams, all these three teams, had impressive victories against 
tremendous opponents. They weren't slouches. These are guys. These are guys that were going to be around for 17 weeks. Well, two of those teams that were playing against two of those opponents were two teams that we thought could be in the AFC Championship, NFC Championship game, or hell, even win the whole damn thing. But after Week One, how are we feeling about Bills Nation? And the team that's led by, I'm not calling him Aaron Rodgers. I'm calling him Paul Crew. If you know who Paul Crew is for all those youngsters, he's in the he's in the longest yard. And the reason why I call him Paul Crew is because he looked like he was intentionally throwing that game, Joe, like you said, throwing to overthrowing by 50 yards, it seemed like, didn't sitting on the bench like this, didn't care. This is shocking to see from both teams. But I'll start with Joe on this since we started with Ted on the last segment. Which performance for two teams that we consider Super Bowl contenders this year is more concerning for you, Joe? Well, again, for very different reasons. I mean, is Brett Favre interested in playing? Is he going to? I mean, that's a concern for me. That that they didn't look right. And I, I again, I'm thinking they're 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 today. Like, what is going on? And how do we fix this for Buffalo? We already know what the problem is. Uh, Moss and Singletary absolutely suck. And to the point where uh, Singletary carried the ball seven times, Moss had 13 carries, averaged about three yards per carry. He had a 13-yarder, and all the rest were about three yards. It was not a great day for the for the Steelers. And again, you're asking Josh Allen to do way too much there. And as great as that guy is... It's the NFL. Defense keys in on you, and it's going to be a long day. Again, trying to make too much happen, gets uh, gets sacked, fumbles the football. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo, same problem as last year. This Green Bay problem, this is a new one. That was a an embarrassment. It was a trouncing. I, it's the kind of game where, I mean, Ted, you say New, uh, uh, they have Detroit next. Detroit showed a lot of heart in their game against the 49ers. Go on, Ted. Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, okay. Do you want me to answer? So, I'm going to – look, Green Bay, the reason why I say Green Bay is fine, it's first off, it's because of division. I mean, the division, I don't I don't see it being competitive for them. I, I see them still handily winning that division very easily just because the Bears are in rebuild mode. They don't know what when Justin Fields is going to be the guy. Detroit is – yeah, they got some fight. They got some heart beyond that behind their coach. But I, I don't take them serious enough to win a division title. And the Vikings are led by Kirk Cousins. How many more times can I say, oh, yeah, let me have faith in Kirk freaking Cousins? I just can't. I know this performance was ugly. It was putrid. And if you're a Green Bay Packer fan, you're frustrated. Just because you're expecting this team to come in, this could be the last time you see Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay Packer jersey for the full season. And you're expecting them to go home and try to win a jam championship. And to see them start off with a, a viable opponent in the New Orleans Saints, the way they performed for 60 minutes, to see Jordan Love come in and see the score 38-3, to that is just a head-scratcher. And all we talked about this whole offseason was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers against the Green Bay Packers. Well, that man came in, and it almost looked like he's just trying to stick it to him. I know it's week one, and he's just probably just baiting us all in to get us all excited. Be like, oh, what's going to happen now in Green Bay? You've been hearing it all offseason. Now, 
he's probably just sitting back and always, like he always says, is relaxed. But I saw a guy that looked like he was purposely trying to throw that game, did not look accurate. If he threw the ball into the ground, he would have had a better QBR than what he finished with. Take that into consideration. Just think about that statement. If that man spiked the ball for the entire game, he'd have a better QBR than what he finished with. It was just not – Devontae Adams was a no-show, Aaron Jones. I didn't even know the Green Bay Packers showed up because that's how good the Saints played, but that's how poorly the Packers played. Me, personally, I think it's Buffalo. I know I just said a lot about Green Bay. It's Buffalo because they're in a tougher division. The Green, the, the, Pack, the Patriots and the Dolphins – I know the Dolphins got their issues with Tua, but that defense gives them a good enough chance to win a division like the Steelers. If you can have a dominant defense like they have, they got a chance. And I believe the Patriots as well, if Damon Harris doesn't fumble that game, we're talking about the Patriots as 1-0 right now. They have hope with Mac Jones. They look like they have promise. That defense is going to be there. To see them being one-dimensional, we just talked about a team in the past segment, and last year we just took notes of. When you are one-dimensional like a Pittsburgh Steelers team that last year, yeah, you might have started 11-0, but how did they finish? It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And they were one and done. Their run game was non-existent. The Buffalo Bills know they have a problem as they're in the running game. And if Josh Allen is going to be throwing the ball 50 times a game, that's going to be a recipe for, yeah, you're going to win games. You'll get to the playoffs. But that ain't going to be a recipe for success and championships. That's going to be a success for just play, I mean, recipe for playoffs. So for me, it's Buffalo because of the division, and you cannot be in this league one-dimensional Joe you said it too Joe can't be one-dimensional in this league it never works I don't care even if the if even if you're Patrick Mahomes you need to have some sort of running game and the Buffalo Bills showed why they still have that big question mark in Bills Nation wonderful wonderful so I'm gonna go off of both of you guys I think you're both right they both have concern performances but it's everything that we discussed prior to week one I told you and we, I thought we all agreed that the Bills' issue was their running game. They had to develop a running game. Devin Singletary was supposed to add the scat back, and Zach Moss was supposed to be more of their power back. thought Zach Moss was going to be actually a pretty good running back coming out of Utah. Hasn't panned out. I don't know if it's offense line, him, whatever. But here's the thing. I think both of these teams are going to ride the ship off, and they'll be fine. I think both of these teams, when we're going to look back at week 13, 14, we won't even remember these games, and they'll probably both be leaders of their division. I think because overall yeah, – Go ahead. Say what you were going to say. But I'm saying, no, but I know Green Bay, I'm not worried about because of division. It's the sense of, yeah, Buffalo is going to win games. They're going to win probably a lot of games. But I just don't see them. If they're going to be one-dimensional like this, there's no way I see them competing with not just the Chiefs. I don't see them competing with the Browns. Well, see, here's the here's my evaluation on both of these teams. I think, Trev, you're right on Green Bay. You look at that division. Joe, I told Trev before the show, Andy Dolan gets one more week, and then you should go to Justin Fields. Give him one more week. And that's it. I know. I know you maybe promised them six or ten games or a full season. No, they promised him he would start the season. Listen, you get Justin Fields. That's it. Get Justin Fields on the on the field. Get him on the field. He's going to get his rear end kicked, but that's okay. So did um, Wilson, Zach Wilson, or Wilson for the Jets. That's okay. He got better. If you looked at his second half after even Beckton got hurt, he played much better. Had a QB rating of 123. Had over 147 yards passing. Threw a touchdown pass. He's going to make mistakes. We know the Jets' offense is bad, but the only way to learn is to be on the field and see it in front of your face. 
think Green Bay, Trev, at the end of the day, they'll play Detroit. They'll probably win by 30 points this week. They'll be one and one, and and they'll end up winning 10, 11, 12 games, and they'll and they'll win the division, and they'll be in the playoffs. Yeah. I think Buffalo, they'll find a way. I think Buffalo maybe should make a trade, find a running back, call someone, do something. But well, I think I, if you looked at the beginning of that big game, the Bills had dominated the beginning of the game. But I think you also have to, like we said in the question before that, is we forget that Pittsburgh's defense is really good. Mm-hmm. They have Cameron Hayward. They have T.J. Watt, maybe the best or second-best defensive player in the league. Melvin Ingram, I mean, I don't know the Giants, I guess they didn't want to call him because maybe he had some injury concerns. But, hey, I mean, if he can play half of the well he did on Sunday, they're going to have bookend things. You still got Minson Fitzpatrick. They still have a great defense. They've always had a pretty good defense. So, but I'm going to go off script to this. Most conservative performance this week is our New York football Giants, bro. I just went through the schedule while you guys were talking. I'm like, all right, let's see. If I, I'm like, yeah, Green Bay, they got the rear end kick. But you know what? Shit happens. They'll find a way to to improve and win the division. The Bills, the Pittsburgh Steelers are definitely a playoff caliber team. And the Bills, will, they'll ride the ship and they'll figure it out. I look at the Giants, though. I don't care about the Atlanta Falcons. I don't care about the Atlanta Falcons. They're garbage. They'll, they'll, they'll have a top four pick again. We know that. It's the Giants. They're performance was atrocious there was nothing good you could say about the new york football giants you know trev we were like you know when i said atlanta they stink you're like who cares you're like good for them whatever they're garbage the giants that you know i wanted to go off script a little bit because that was the giants we know you do we know you do well here's the thing because i figure green bay and buffalo is still gonna ride the ship and they'll make the playoffs and you know like we joke about with the yankees Four weeks ago, like, oh, the Yankees stink. And then, like, a week or two ago, me and Joe, no, like, I think, a month ago, I think a month ago, you and Joe said they were the greatest things. No, 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 no. That was, that was like, a, that was, that was like, a week, that was like a week. That, hey, listen, that was like a week or two ago. Joe's going to go back in the statement right now. But my, my concern is the Giants. I, we, we knew it, but we, we figured their defense would play better. No, their defense, the thing. We their defense was, was not good. Teddy Bridgewater. Played okay. well. Okay. okay. Well, here's the thing. We talked about this. We talked about this last week on the show. We even talked about this on Joan about the G-Man, Joe. Um, we already know about. Yeah, we already know about Buffalo and Green Bay. They're going to be there till the very end. But we talked about this from a standpoint of the whole division of the NFC East because there were question marks. We didn't know what to expect of this division, not just the New York Giants, but we didn't know what to expect from this Dallas team with Dak. We know that their offense is going to be now a a legit top five offense if he stays healthy. Their defense is still garbage. It's still very, very questionable. Washington, their offense looks very questionable. Their defense didn't perform the way that we expected them to be. And then the Philadelphia Eagles, well, hell, Jalen Hurts, hell of a performance. And their defense played poor, but, but they played the Atlanta Falcons. I want to see them against a true test. Atlanta Falcons are going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. Great job of drafting Kyle Pitts over a quarterback or even a defensive player. Good job, Atlanta. Matt Ryan's garbage, by the way. So, anyways, that's why I say about this di- division, and we even said about the Giants, Joe, there were so many question marks coming in that we didn't know what to expect. What we expected is maybe they weren't going to gel. The chemistry wasn't going to be there yet because we didn't see a Saquon Barkley. We didn't see a Kenny Gallagher. We didn't see a Kadarius Tony, Kyle Rudolph, Evan Ingram is now out. We didn't. The only player that we could say we knew about was the best player on the New York Giants on Sunday afternoon, Sterling Shepard. Everything else, we knew what we expected. This offensive line was going to struggle. We knew that they didn't have an elite pass rush. That's what we knew. 
we just knew what was going to happen, but we didn't know in the sense of what was going to happen with this offense because of the weapons now that the New York Giants have. But we expected them to have some inefficiencies, and there wasn't the, the chemistry wasn't going to be there. And we saw that for four quarters. And the only other thing that I have to say is, how many more times are we going to see Daniel Jones fumble the damn ball? I mean, I mean, I, how many? This is the 30th fumble he's recorded before his 30th start, guys. He's 8-19 and 19 in his career right now. Sam Darnold had a better record at this point than Daniel Jones does. And he was only 11-16. and 16. Not saying that it's any better, but this is a guy that was a first-round pick, and we are still talking about the same damn issue. He's athletic enough. We get that. He's got a pretty ball when he gets when he has time in the pocket. But we know that he is a turnover machine and a machine and, and a turnover, a costly turnover that really catapulted, I would say, Denver into a victory because that could have been a game-changing drive. They were moving the ball, and that fumble right inside the 20-yard line just changed the complexity of that whole game. So all to be honest. I'm not surprised because there are major question marks still for this team. Yeah, the offense looks pretty on paper. Well, you got the offensive line was questionable, and the defensive line was questionable. We knew that. Joe, what do you got to say? All right, uh, there is a bit of good news. The Atlanta Falcons have the worst offensive line in football. It's (laughs) it's not the Giants, so they're. the good thing is we play them after Washington. So after we play maybe the second best defensive line in football and on a short week, now we're also going to be out with Shane Lemieux and Cam Brands out. And they also said, Hey, we got to be worried about Barkley a knee, coming off a major knee injury. He's questionable for Thursday. How much activity he's do gonna, you give Saquon? I know, but how, how much activity do you give Saquon on a short week? I know. Four Joe, days later, he's gonna play. Joe, what are your takeaways from this game? Well, I mean, you know, you gave the guy the ball uh, 10 times, and he didn't do anything with it. And uh, Devontae Booker had that nice six-yard run. His other three carries netted one yard total. Mm-hmm. So, and like, again, I mean, decide what you're going to do. Are you going to haphazardly just sort of go with Saquon or you're going to ease Saquon in? Because if you're going to, then give Booker the ball. Uh, Daniel Jones... The thing I think that kills me the most is um, more of these fumbles seem to come from his inability to slide and not drop the football. I don't understand how hard is that slide, slide and, and, and wrap your arms around the ball. It's stunning. I mean, again, you don't expect this from a guy in his third year. Now eight and 19 is awful. And he's quickly running out of chances. The good news is, as Teddy said, got Atlanta after this uh, short game against Washington, which is the only team Daniel Jones ever plays well against. Four of his eight wins are by the way. And and not for nothing, uh, they've got a very unsettled quarterback situation right now. Uh, Taylor Heineke, I assume, will get the start. I can't imagine. I mean, what? And they bumped Kyle Shermer uh, up uh, from the practice squad to the the backup. Listen, if I'm the Redskins, if I'm the Redskins, I think he's got Cam on the phone. I I think there's an issue with Ron and Cam because why wouldn't they have had by now? Now, listen, this could be also another thing because Ron Rivera came out against his own players. Cam's not vaccinated. You know, Ron had cancer last year. 
You know, I mean, he spoke about his players missing time during the preseason because they were unvaccinated. I know that, you know, some people might think it's petty, but it's the real world and it's the world we live in right now. I'll just tell you one thing. I look at their schedule. They play Washington. Who knows what we'll get on the Thursday. We play Atlanta. We have the assumption that the Giants are going to win, but never assume anything with the Giants. They, they lose to the teams they're supposed to be, and then they win against the teams they're supposed to lose. Then they play the Saints. I, I mean, right now, I don't – you look like, the, oh, that's Saints who win. Then we play at the Cowboys. Could be another loss. Then we play the Rams. Mm. Then we play Joe's second favorite team, the Carolina Panthers. Then the Chiefs, Raiders, Bucks, and Eagles. I look at the schedule and I go, where are the wins coming from? Now, I know, listen, you, the team can get better and, you know, things could change. And we, let's not over let's not overanalyze week one. But, I, Joe, I look at the schedule and I'm like, first eight games, they could be two and six. I mean, do you realize this team has not – Trev, you, you gave me the stat. I, I don't know if you remember. How many – They've been winning records since – Joe, they're the only team. Every no, not team that. How many weeks have they lost the opening weeks? You said yeah, it was like 11 of the last, of the last 11 weeks, 10 of the last 11 opening season games they've lost. And I think they've lost, oh, they've started over two, six they've the lost, last seven. They've, they've lost the last five um, opening day games. They are the only team, there's 31 other teams that have had a winning record in a, in, in a week. The New York Giants haven't had a winning record since 2017. Would you all agree that it was a giant mistake to not play the starters in the preseason yeah well yeah we, I said mean, this, we, we all agreed that it was chemistry we we all agreed on this this was not a team that was coming in like this again i mean for god's sakes the kansas city chiefs and the tampa bay buccaneers two of the super bowl favorites that were in the super bowl played starters why did the New York Giants not play their starters is beyond me. And it showed in week one. Well, here's the other I know Denver's got a solid defense. They got a good secondary. They got an elite pass rush. Their offensive line played well. Teddy Bridgewater looked like an all-pro. Amazing. And the running game was non-existent up until the Melvin Gordon big play touchdown. This was a game that was winnable for the Giants. I, I'm, I'm pleased with the way Andrew Thomas performed. He was graded by PFF as the highest-rated tackle in pass protection, so he performed well, which is a good sign. Nate Solder is blocking his teammates. That's a problem. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I, I, I don't. He's he's Olaying Von Miller. Go ahead. I, I just I I don't understand. It makes it just. I was told that's photoshopped. There's no way that's photoshopped. That was in the game. That was actually the game. Somebody said that was photoshopped. Trev, you are you? I don't know. It's I just, hope it, it was. <laughs> right. It's, it's very concerning because I just don't see playmakers on this team. I didn't even know Kenny Galladay was playing. I swear to God, I'm. I'm in, and I'm and I'm joking in that manner because I was watching the game, but didn't even know he was on the field. And that was supposed to be like, hey, that's the wide receiver. I don't care if you. Hold on. I don't care if you have to throw him a wide receiver screen. Get him the ball. That's why you pay. Now, if he's not healthy enough at 100, percent get him off the field. Because the only receiver we said was Sherwin Shepard. They all just look discombobulated. They didn't look organized. As much as Joe Judge is this, like, disciplinarian and everything is supposed to be crisp and uniform, they looked like crap. They looked like crap. They didn't play well whatsoever. There was nothing impressive about the game. They didn't run the ball well. They didn't pass protect well. They didn't play. They only gave up two sacks. Listen, Teddy Bridgewater had a QBR of 94. I thought Teddy Bridgewater played really well, and he wasn't that great, but – they could have, if you remember, KJ Hamler dropped a wide open touchdown pass on a deep post that Adore Jackson 
had a miscalculation with the safety, there could have been another touchdown. I mean, who knows how bad the game could have been if, I mean. But we shouldn't be surprised as Giant fans. We've seen this for quite some time now. It's it's become a losing. Why are they so ill-prepared for week one? It's become a losing atmosphere in New York Giant and in New York football, just in general. With the Jets and the Giants, it's become losing football. I mean, and especially, you know, I don't want to talk about it, but I'll put it this way. Dak had shoulders coming off the major ankle injury. He looks phenomenal Thursday night. That offense is going to score a week. I'm like, well, that's who? Because, that's because who, he's a tough That might be the best offense in football. At the end of the who? I mean, who knows? I mean, the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, they look like they're back in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, running the show. Jalen Rager looked good. Their offensive line was really good for them. He, he brings explosiveness and the running ability with Jalen Hurts. Their defense wasn't bad. I know Atlanta stinks, but, I mean, they dominate. Listen, if a team stinks, then you should dominate, right? Take care of business. And they did exactly what they were supposed to do. And then Washington, listen, I know they're out with Curtis Samuel. Their, their quarterback situation is – I just still don't understand how they went in the season thinking Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be good enough for 17 weeks. That they didn't bring in a backup quarterback. They didn't trade for Jimmy G. They didn't call Teddy Bridgewater. Call someone, anyone. Someone got to be better than that. I mean, listen, if Taylor Heineke rides the ship off and takes care of business, we'll see how that all pans out. But right now the Giants look like the worst team in the NFC East. And it's Joe, something you... that, that will we'll hopefully fix Thursday night. But you never know with this team. Joe, you got a final take? Uh, yeah, this team is terrible. <laughs> and um, I have extremely low expectations going forward. Think about the Giants' last first-round picks. They've all been questionable. We got Well, yeah, you know, look, uh, the Rashawn Slater, I mean, why, why? The guy was right there. We traded you don't back. need Kadarius Tony. You don't need Kadarius Tony at all. You didn't even need Defonte Smith. No. I mean, you, you have receivers. You, you, I mean, we knew you needed somebody to block for this guy. Like, listen, like Hunter, like Hunter Renfro, right? Like six-round picks, like the guy Mark Edwards from the Raiders. Like he was an undrafted guy and made two huge catches. Like we see all the time receivers and running backs come out of nowhere and can play ball. You can't usually find good linemen. And if you do, they're usually early rounds. Once in a while, you get some sleepers in the late rounds. But the majority of the, the really good offensive linemen are taken in the first two rounds of the draft. I said it to the – listen, I understood where you traded because it's almost like he – he was listening to us like trade. We got to trade back. We got to get more picks. We got to get more picks. But then like, but to you, have were, a guy set like Slater up, you there were set up with the perfect offensive lineman, yep. a guy that could play guard or tackle ha- had phenomenal athleticism. I mean, maybe they were afraid because they took Andrew Thomas the year before they didn't want to screw up again. Maybe your, your, your scouting department is horrific. Maybe we need to reevaluate who's scouting these guys because well, we took the worst of the four tackles last year, all right? We took a running back over four quarterbacks and one of the best offensive linemen in football in Quentin Nelson, okay? And, and then this year we take a 5 foot nine. You know, listen, I'm a Florida Gator fan. I love Kadarius Tony, But, like, there were so many other pressing needs. Sterling Shepard is Kadarius Tony. Like, he, Kadarius Tony is not Tyree Kill. Everyone's got to stop pretending like they're going to find the next Tyree, the next Tyree Kill. There's only one time we kill. Like, just uh, go find someone that, like, you told me when you were, we want hog mollies. 
do you realize that, like, you haven't drafted or done anything well to improve the offensive line? The Giants' offensive line is no better now on September 15, 2021, than it was five years ago. Don't tell me it's better because it's not. I think it's time for the Maras and the Tishas to sell this team to some competent person who will bring in competent people yeah, that can City. run this organization because uh, this is this is getting like to the point of I mean I grew up in an era where like the the Bengals were the Bungles where the Seattle Seahawks were perennially a two and fourteen team the, Saints the Tampa the Bay Buccaneers right the New Orleans Saints the, dude these teams were all trash cans. And for the Cleveland Browns for a long stretch, same thing. And now it's the Giants. And it has been for a decade. And it's tiring. Mm-hmm. I don't I mean, these guys are idiots. Especially being uh, in all, listen, you know, not for nothing. Uh, uh that guy from ESPN Reddick, I mean, he's riding the bitter bus, something fierce. Louis Reddick. Yeah, Louis Reddick. Louis Reddick, whatever his name is. Um, that was the guy no. that me and Giants wanted. Me and Trevor, when we, he was going, we wanted him to uh, go, just the evaluation. That yeah, was, he was, yeah, he 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 was to Haskins over Daniel Jones. Okay. But oh, that's a mistake. We can look at that now. But maybe if he was on the Giants, maybe he would have played better. Coaching, maybe. listen, we've seen coaching changes. I just think, that, Joe, you are partially right. He is bitter about it. And now he can rub it in the face and say, hey, listen, that's the old guy you chose. Well, how's he doing? So, you know what? Here's the thing, and it didn't have to be him, but it should have been somebody who wasn't like their dad's buddy. You know, hire your guy. Hire somebody, not not just because you know him or because uh, yeah, that's what, that's the, what dad the, Giants do. the Giants always always take a guy who has a family or a giant connection. If it was Tom Coughlin, if it was somebody, a Belichick, a Parcells guy, someone that has some connection to the New York Giants. The Giants never go outside the box. They never have. Teddy, after a decade of failure, right, I think it's time to, like, let's look outside the box for a minute and see if somebody can't freshen this up a little bit, because this is bad. Let's see what happens tomorrow. A massive game already. I know it's only week two, but this is a massive game for the New York Giants just because of the schedule, and we're sick and tired of seeing the same old results. Another 0-2 start. It's just not what Giant fans have been waiting for. Let's see some positivity. Let's see some growth tomorrow. Let's just see that the New York Giants can hopefully Daniel Jones could get his fifth win of his nine career wins against the Washington football team. We can only hope that there will be a more positive outcome. That's just Giant fans for us right now. That's the state of New York Giant football right now, ladies and gentlemen. They were tiresome. We're, we're frustrated. We're annoyed. Let's just hope that, man, for God's sakes, New York sports can finally come back. Because right now, New York sports as a whole, since we've been doing this show, New York sports, man. Oh, At least the Jets still suck. That makes me feel good. At least they have maybe some hope with Zach Wilson. But, all I mean, all in all, the rookie quarterbacks, too, were excellent. Trevor Lawrence, they all scored. They all got into the end zone. Trey Lance threw his first career touchdown. He went one for one. Justin Fields got in the end zone. Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. The future looks bright for hopefully all five of those quarterbacks. A lot of good football. Do you think the Giants – I mean, honestly – No. Honestly, Resoundingly, no. As of right now, no. I don't I don't see it. I, I don't see it. That defense line is their strong suit. 
their weak point of the New York Giants is their offensive line. So we'll see what happens. It's a huge they're getting, game. They're getting practice, it's a huge game for both teams just because they can either start one and one or zero oh and two, and that can make a huge difference as we've seen in the past for both zero oh and two teams, or in general, the Giants and the Washington football team. We will be back on Friday discussing that game. Hopefully the Giants have a winning outcome. And we'll be talking about the New York Yankees, the state of the New York Yankees, because we are New York fans and the state of New York sports is in question right now. Well, we're back in second place. We're back in second place in the wild card. Who cares? Who cares? Anyways, we'll be back on Friday. We we are Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms, so comment, like, subscribe, or share. You can follow the podcaster Joe, Joseph McGuire, or Clovercrest Media at Spotify, YouTube, or at Facebook. Check us out, Clovercrest Media and Keys to the City. Ladies and gentlemen, Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcast and cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.